When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. And this darkness, literal darkness, just came like all over, just, just all over me except where I was standing. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. fun and exciting episode for you today. This week I'm bringing on JJ. In 2007 he started a paranormal group called the West Virginia Paranormal Investigations. Um, he's been all over the place, um, all the major hot spots for paranormal activity. He's also been on Travel Channel and uh, A&E with, with several shows and we're going to get in here with him today and just uh, let him go through some of his experiences and what he thinks this is all about. All right. Stand by. My name is Jonathan Johnson. I am the co-founder and lead investigator of West Virginia Paranormal Investigations based out of Morgantown, West Virginia. I helped found the group back in 2007. So I've been doing this for almost 15 years now. Been super fortunate to travel all over the U.S. and investigate some of the major locations uh, around the U.S. I've been fortunate to be featured on a couple of major television shows as well. Um, I don't have a super crazy backstory like a lot of people as far as how I got into it. Uh, I grew up hearing stories about a house that my mom grew up in that she swore was haunted. She would be upstairs in bed uh, under the covers and her mom would be downstairs yelling at her to get back into bed because she was hearing footsteps and my mom would be hearing them at the same time. So she was there terrified. <laughs> So hearing stories like that growing up always kind of planted that seed in my mind. Um, then once I got to college was about the time when Ghost Hunters and some of the other major TV shows kind of got mainstream. And that really kind of started me down a rabbit hole of research and learning and kind of visiting everything around the area that had folklore uh, attached to it. And then I reached out to some friends and family online and about asking about some uh, haunted places. And I was greeted back with a message from my cousin, Rich, um, who told me he had a lifelong interest as well. And he had a near-death experience. So he has a much cooler backstory than I do. <laughs> but um, that kind of started us down the, uh, the path to start WBPI. And we've been going strong, or I've been going, he's stepped away, but I've been going strong since 2007. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, I think ghost hunters, you know, they get they should get credit for pretty much everybody. <laughs> I think <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got obsessed with that stuff for a while. Man. I was I was uh, still in the Air Force when they came on, and so I went out and I bought the uh, EMF detectors and the voice recorders and started hitting oh, graveyards yeah. and stuff down in Louisiana. It it's fun. It's fun, but there's definitely something going on that. We can get into that later, but, but what what it is, but yeah, man. Uh, why don't you, uh, you, you said you've been to a lot of places. If you don't mind, let's start, you know, a little more local and then we'll, we'll expand out. How's that sound? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. I know everybody that's into the paranormal has at least heard of this place. Oh, definitely. Um, what kind of experiences did you have there and what, what prompted you to go? Was it just curiosity? Yeah. I mean, this was the, it was the first major location that I ever visited. We had done, like I said, a couple of local things in the Montegallia Preston County area of West Virginia, just little small stuff. But this was the first major, major location that we ever visited. 
Um, we actually did a public investigation at Trans Allegheny with the members of Ghost Hunters. So we got to wow. meet Steve and Jason and Chris and Grant and Tango and all those guys. And John Zaffis was there. It was a big, big deal. Um, but that was like the first big place we ever went. And throughout the night, people had started to fall off. I mean, people that do the publics don't tend to stay the entire time. So it was toward the end of the night and we basically had a whole area, myself and Rich to ourselves. So we split up. I went off to one area. Uh, I heard something behind me. I turned around and as I panned my flashlight across the hallway, there was the outline, the silhouette of a, a shadow person standing there in the hallway that blocked out my light. So by the time I came back across with my flashlight, it was gone. So naturally I assumed that somebody had snuck over there and was trying to mess with me. So I immediately searched the area. I didn't find anything. I went and grabbed Rich, came back, searched the area again, and there was nobody in that section of the building. So that was that was my big experience uh, that kind of really set me down the path that I was doing the right thing, that there was something out there. Yes, no doubt. <laughs> that would pretty much, uh, that would do it. You know, that would set the hook right there for sure. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so you got to meet Jason and Grant and Steve and all of them? Yeah, yeah, it was a really cool experience. They they did like a little lecture and talk, and then they did like a little signing and uh, meet and greet and all that stuff. And then they went out and investigated with us. So it was it was a cool experience, especially for somebody just getting into it. And that was, like I said, that was right when they had really kind of hit the mainstream. So that's when their popularity was like peaked, peaked. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, okay, from there. You also talk about going to the West Virginia Penitentiary. Was uh was that a another hair raising experience? Or <laughs> yeah, the first time I went there was actually when we filmed uh, the Travel Channel show Paranormal Challenge with Zach Bagans. That was the first time I ever been, visited the penitentiary, um, and we had lots of experiences there. Since then, I've been back. Uh, I think five or six times to do the private investigations, the overnight investigations. And I've had some crazy experiences there. The one that always sticks out that I like to tell people about, we were in one of the isolation cells where they kept the worst of the worst. And we were doing a little, uh, not provoking, but an antagonizing, I guess you could say. Um, and all of the tiers, there's four tiers, the three tiers above us were completely locked off. So you physically could not get up there. Well, the door, jail cell door above us slammed so hard that we felt our cell shake that we were sitting in. And uh, we caught an EVP right before that that said they're down here. So that whole sequence of events, I mean, the timing of everything is just undeniable. And we had uh, two uh, people investigating that hadn't been out before. When the door slammed, they tried to run into the cell door at the same time and got stuck. It was like a cartoon. They got stuck in the door at the same time. So uh, I've had so many experiences at the penitentiary that um, I haven't been in a few years, but I can't wait to go back. It's it's an amazing place. I had to put that on my list. You know, I, I tend to stay away from this kind of stuff because I don't know, maybe I'm just too much of a chicken, but <laughs> I feel like unless I know how to protect myself that these things might follow you home you know I don't, I don't want anything to attach itself um, I mean that's a, a very valid uh, concern I've had stuff follow me home on many occasions even with doing this for so long and having a relative idea of how to kind of protect myself and ground myself it's something that just comes along with it yeah. now, I've been fortunate to not have anything negative but we've had stuff move in our home we've had we hear noises and uh, my girlfriend, Vanessa, who lives with me and is on the team and investigates with us. So they kind of pick on her for whatever reason. Right. Uh, they kind of tend to leave me alone, but she, she will hear voices uh, when she's alone. She said she got touched one day uh, on the leg. She thought it was me being mean and putting my cold hand on her, but I was outside with the dog. So I wasn't even in the house. So stuff like that uh, does happen. So you, you definitely have to be careful if you're out investigating. Man, love. Okay. Well, what do you do to, uh, to protect yourself? It's very personal to the individual. Uh, I grew up in a very Christian household, right. uh, Christian family. So I have my faith and my beliefs. So I always uh, will seek out that and, and 
use they call it like the white light of protection imagine myself enveloped in a white light so nothing um, can get in and harm me and then we always take precautions to where we try to before we leave a location just be straightforward and say if there's anything here please stay here don't follow us and like i said it's not 100 percent effective but it, it tends to work more often than it doesn't yeah yeah i, I like that approach you know i'm a, i don't know if you listen to the show or not but i'm a christian too yeah, I, I believe that there's, you know, there's 100% power in the name of Jesus and the power right. of prayer. So I, that's why I was just wanting to know what methods you use. Um, I've had several instances from doing this show where the audio starts messing up. I've picked up EVPs through interviews. Um, we've seen. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. And yeah. we get like, uh, you know, at sometimes we'll have shadows in the house. Um, kitchen cabinets slamming that kind of stuff but i you know i try to pray over the house and various little things to to try to help clean it up so i'm always interested in what you do to protect yourself i ask a lot of people that so uh i, I didn't mean to get too personal if i no, did. no i i don't mind at all like the, the only reason i said it's very personal is because everybody's different so some people may ground themselves in the earth or they may use a different method or they may have a, a piece of uh jewelry or something that they ground themselves with and sometimes i'll have a, a rosary or something like that not always but whatever is personal to you that's that's what i always tell people to, to focus on that because that's going to be the most effective thing good deal good deal um okay let's go to i love this because it's like you you got stories <laughs> for everything and yeah. I, i'm gonna have to put a list out here when i when i release this episode mm -hmm. you know the the email you sent me like the, this bio it's yeah my bio is a little lengthy for it's sure it's incredible <laughs> like i was like where do i start i'm just going to have to, <laughs> I, I hardly ever do it just like like this q a session kind of thing <laughs> the i let people talk but i got so many things i want to talk about <laughs> and i'm sorry no that's i like it uh i'm just i'm just going to move down this list of stuff that i had on here and let's go to the Heyman house because that's in braxton county right it is yes okay because uh i've done a little bit of work with the flatwoods monster museum uh we recorded some some commercials some little you know nice little goofy commercials that i run on my show every year around christmas time <laughs> and it, it's just it's a lot of fun but andrew up there he is uh he's an awesome guy and i, I know see that your uh your wvk sticker back there that uh less group less odell he's a good friend of ours i've worked with him a, multiple times so i i noticed that immediately that's cool yeah 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 less is awesome i got to meet yeah. him in person a couple times now and uh, uh he hooked me up man i i was at a spot on this show where i was out of interviews because i'll bring a different person on every single week and I've, i'm coming up on 100 episodes nice. so things were getting really slim as far as you know my interview pool and i, I reached out on social media Les saw it. He reached out some, to some people. Uh, he shared it, and I've had about a dozen people respond since then. Yeah, that's how I, that's how I found it, and then I know Brian from uh, SRI down in Huntington. I saw yep. his, he was on there. So, yeah, we got a, a nice little community here in West Virginia that I, I'm proud to be a part of. Yeah, man, me too. I love it. I love it. But, yeah, this Heyman house, um, I haven't been there. I've been to Braxton County a lot. I went camping out up there um, on the Elk River, but we didn't make it to the Heyman House. What what is that place about? Is it is it a good time? Oh my, yeah, it's it's one of my favorite places. Uh, it's literally like a probably a five minute walk from the uh, Bigfoot Museum and the Flatwood Monster Museum right there in town. Yeah. So it's right all right there. So a lot of cool stuff. If anybody wants to go visit, I highly highly recommend it. Um, the owner, Teresa, is one of our dear friends. We love her. She's been amazingly accommodating to allow us to uh, kind of flesh out our whole uh, investigation techniques as far as filming and things like that. Uh, we're super grateful to her. And every time we go, we get activity and it always builds on itself. So when we first started a couple of years ago, 
there's not a ton known. I mean, some of like the major temples of history are known, but a lot of like the inner workings of what happened there are kind of still fuzzy. So we're trying to piece that all together. And the more we go, the more we build that story and we learn more and more about what may or may not have happened. And then we'll go research it and then kind of validate things, which is really cool to be able to go back over years and, and build up. So we've also had probably our, one of our craziest experiences ever, which uh, was featured on our uh, Forgotten Relics YouTube series uh, at the Heyman house, which we caught an incredibly loud scream in the house that still chills me just talking about it to this day. Um, and we still have no explanation. And it's, I, yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. You have to, to go see it to believe it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's on your uh, YouTube series? Yes, absolutely. Forgotten Relics. Is, is that the name of the channel or is it the... That's, that's the, uh, the series it's called Forgotten Relics. It's our YouTube page, just youtube.com slash WBPara is the channel. But the Forgotten Relics is the series we're putting out. Awesome. I'm going to binge watch that. How many, how many shows do you have on there? Uh, we have six episodes out right now, so you get a day's worth out of it. But we have uh, four other episodes filmed that are being edited and reviewed right now. So we got a lot of cool content coming up for sure. Awesome. I love it. I love things I could sit, sit back and just <laughs> spend the day on. If I, well, I'll say that like I get a day, but right. <laughs> <laughs> on, on Christmas break, I'm, I'm already like trying to plan out the breaks that I teach, you know. So I'll have two weeks off. I don't there have to you think go. About lesson nice. plans. I'm, I'm going to take a day for forgotten relics for sure. Awesome. Man. Uh, all right. Next on my list that I have that I just have to know more about. You had the St. Albans Sanitarium. Now that's not in West Virginia. That's in Virginia, right? Right. It's, it's over the border in Radford, Virginia, but still in the area uh, relative to West Virginia. So definitely within driving distance. Okay um because this there's a lady that uh runs it i think it's angie do you know angie uh i met her yeah when we did the investigation yeah okay she, she was on my show before and she talked about some of her paranormal experiences and they were crazy um but she invited me last year to come down and uh be a vendor or speaker for the sanitarium for the enigma con oh yeah yeah absolutely um we got shut down because of COVID restrictions and stuff, but it's back on again this year coming. I think it's in April. Yeah. Um, so what am I getting myself into when I go down <laughs> here? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never been to EnigmaCon, but I know a lot of people who, who go there. Uh, I don't know if you know Greg Copperhead Graham, who uh, cool. is an investigator. He used to work at Trans-Allegheny um he's got some crazy stories i don't know if he's doing any podcast right now but if so you need to get him on he's awesome <laughs> um but anyway uh, we had uh an investigation there and we had all kinds of activity throughout the night but the one that always stands out in my mind i don't know for anybody who's not familiar there's a technique called the the flashlight technique where you take a mag light and you put it to the edge of being on and off and it's the theorized that the spirits can manipulate that and turn it on and off as a response. Well, a lot of people will say that it's just random. And I can see that if, if, if it was just one flashlight. So what we like to do is we like to use multiple flashlights and then pinpoint which one we want turned on. So that takes a lot of that, those variables out of play. Nice. So there's actually an old bowling alley, believe it or not. There's a bowling alley in a sanitarium. There's a bowling alley in the bottom of uh, St. Albans. We set up three flashlights down the length of the bowling alley. And we asked the spirits to turn on the lights in succession down the lane. And we got the lights to turn on one, two, three in a row, and then turn off correspondingly one, two, three coming back up the lane. So, I mean, if that's chance, that's the slimmest chance <laughs> I've ever seen. So that was always a really cool experience that I had there that I like to, to talk about. Wow. Well, let's, let's get into that. Your methods. Um, what kind of, what kind of tools and methods do you use? Are you, are you a fan of the, the Estes method or? Yes, you... absolutely. That's, that's our, one of our go-to uh, experiments that we use. And when you watch the episodes, you'll see a ton of that, the Estes 
Um, that's something that we've been using for since the beginning. And we've had some incredible responses with that. Um, and we love to, to kind of play around with that. Sometimes we'll do uh, what we call a dual Estes, where we'll put multiple people under and see if we can get either corresponding responses or get the two people who are under to kind of interact with each other without knowing. Uh, and we've had some really cool stuff uh, come through that way. But basically, we have every type of equipment that you can imagine. I mean, we obviously have um, with the web series, we have tons of night vision cameras that we film with. We have uh, any kind of EMF meter. We have the mill meters. We have the EDIs, any of that thing. We have rim pods. We have the paranormal music boxes. We have spear boxes. We have portals. Uh, I recently got incredibly lucky and picked up one of the uh, Panasonic RRDR60 recorders, which are kind of like the holy grail recorders. So we have one of those. So, yeah, I mean, we have, we have Ovilus, we have the thermal, we have the SLS, we have everything. So wow. if, if it's out there, we basically have it. So I like to, to try different things at different places and kind of see what, what works best. Yeah. Well, what does work best for you? For us, we really like the, the Estes method a lot. That's that tends to get a lot of our evidence. Uh, and then with the DR60 recorder, we've had some incredible responses with it so far. So uh, a lot of audio stuff. And with the web series, we try to get like a little bit more immediate response just because it plays better to the camera versus a lot of investigators where you go back later on and review just like a, a recorder that you left somewhere. It's a little harder to do that with the web series. So we try to get stuff either through the recorder or through like the spirit box or something like that, where you get kind of immediate validation. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That Estes, Estes method, it, it looks amazing. Um, I know it might be a little controversial to some people, you know, some people try to say, well, you know, are those headphones on or are the blinders on? But there's, there's, there's just too many people using it that somebody would be caught hoaxing if it was a hoax. You know what I mean? So I, I believe it works. And I think it's so scary to submit yourself <laughs> to kind of be in that channel, that conduit. Um, it, it is crazy because when you do it and you get in kind of that zone, uh, I'll be under for over an hour and, and not even realize it. Like, especially if you're getting good responses, you don't want to take the person out of it. So right. they'll be under for an extended period of time. And you just kind of get in this zone of hearing the responses and like feeling that energy. And then when you come out of it, it's kind of like waking up from a, a dream or something. It's a weird feeling, a weird sensation. Wow. So it, it's a really intense thing that you have to be prepared to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but like I said, we've got a lot of success with it. So we always uh, try to use that as much as we can. Yeah. That's interesting, man. I, I'll, I'll have to watch that series. I subscribed to your channel, but I didn't dig into the series yet. So I'm going to have to do that. <laughs> it's yeah. worth it. I promise. If, <laughs> if you start from the beginning, you'll see how much we've grown so far, yeah. which is a lot. And I can tell you that it's getting much better from, from here going forward. We've, we came into this basically with the idea uh, we knew how to investigate, but we didn't know how to, to film or do any filmmaking. This was something that we wanted to do. So we've taught ourselves from scratch how to uh, film and how to edit and how to do all this stuff. And you, you'll see a big difference and you'll see once the other stuff comes out in the, the next three to four months, you'll see an even bigger jump. So I'm, I'm super excited about it. Yeah. I'm excited for you. I you're, you're doing it. You know what I mean? You're just going for it. That's yeah. my favorite thing. I've, I've talked to so many people that just, they have a passion, you know, and they go after it. Instead of watching other people do it, you're, you're doing it yourself. And that hats off to you for that. Man. Thank you. Uh, okay. I only have a couple other places that I, I had to get, I have to get out of the way because <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. Uh, we talked just for a brief second about it uh, before I, we hit record, and that's uh, the Sally House. It was a very popular place to go uh, on the podcast, Astonishing Legends. You know, they, they went on there, and it changed their whole perspective. Um, they went from a little bit of a skeptical approach to, man, something happened. I'm a full-fledged believer. So what is it about the Sally House for you that, that made it? 
a good place to visit. I want to take just a minute to tell you guys about SquatchSurvivalGear.com. If you're into camping, bushcraft, survival, prepping, or just looking for an everyday carry, SquatchSurvivalGear.com has everything you need. They have the gear to help you survive the worst day of your life. You know, it's just to help you be ready. Uh, for me, I have the Rock Ape Pack. It's one of the backpacks that they offer. It is, it's a good size bag. You know, it, I, I took it out on my last trip for, for a four-day camp, and everything I needed fit in there. Um, they have things that go from that size down to like a sling bag. They have a bigger bag, you know, like the Grassman or the Yowie. Uh, if you haven't noticed, they have cool names too. You know, they're named after, you know, these cryptids, the Minahuni. Uh, they, they, they got it all. But the gear itself is 100% made in America. Every component is made in America. Um, the guy that's designing them and making them here, his name is Chris. He's been on my show a couple times, but he's a, uh, he's a veteran. And he went with the gear that he used while in military service and reconfigured it to, to be even better and made it available you know, to the civilian sector. Top-of-the-line gear, absolutely bomb-proof. I love it. Best stuff I've ever had in my life. You know, I've, I've had Camelbacks. I've had L.L. Bean. I've had uh, some, some really high-end stuff. But this Squatch Survival gear... It just, it steals the show. Uh, it's fantastic gear. So go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com. You can use promo code BUMP10 and save 10% on anything on the entire site. It's it's a very intense place. There's a lot of energy there. And people, it's named the Sally House because there's supposedly the spirit of a little girl named Sally there, which there may or may not be in my opinion, but there's definitely something a lot uh I don't want to say evil there, but there's something a lot darker there. There's a very intense energy there. And when I went, I went over um, three different visits, but I stayed a total of over two weeks living and staying in the house, which that adds a whole nother layer to stuff when you investigate every night and then you have to sleep there and you just spend that, that entire time just enveloped with that energy um, that it changes everything. So I could see very easily somebody going in as a skeptic and coming out as a believer with uh, some of the stuff that's happened there. Yeah. Now, is that is that typical or is that something that you were able to arrange to stay there for such a long period of time? No, it's it's not what most people do. Uh, we were there. I was there with a group out of California who live streams their entire investigation. So they'll live stream 24-7 for the entire time that we're there. And people will stay up and they'll watch the cameras even when we're not investigating and see if anything happens. So that it's a really cool, it was a really cool experience. I'm glad I got to do it. But it's also something that it, it's a draining thing. It's it's really difficult over a long period of time to do that. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> it's one thing, man, to uh to do an overnight investigation. You know, that seems spooky enough for most people. But to be uh to be in there. You're, you're committed, you know, I, I'm telling you, you, you have the dedication. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, like I said, when you go into a place and you can uh, leave afterwards and yeah, there might be a slim chance that something uh, would happen to follow you. But when you stay there and you have to sleep there and you're in that completely vulnerable state where you're completely asleep and unaware of what's going on around you. I mean, it, it just adds a level of intensity to everything. Um, and then the Sally House, like I said, it's it's not a it's not a joke. Uh, that's the only place where I've been physically scratched. Uh, I woke up or not woke up. I had three scratches down the length of my forearm mm. when there was nobody else around me to to cause that. And there's obviously no animals or anything there. Um, I witnessed other people get scratched there. I, I was touched there, heard voices, uh, saw things, shadow figures that weren't human, but they like crawled up the steps, uh, like people caught, described as a creeper in other locations. So I, stuff like that. And then you just have to go to sleep there. Like, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a lot. <laughs> See, I just, <laughs> I'm fascinated, 
not that fascinated. I'm not, not, <laughs> not to the point where I would just lay down like, all right, creeper, I'm going to bed now. <laughs> I pissed you off all day long. And I'm right. Really yeah. No, thank you. Oh, man. That's, yeah. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Let me ask you a few more questions, Jonathan. And uh, now I'm, I'm going to give you the floor some more, man. Uh, what do you think that you're you're dealing with on, on these investigations? What are these spirits and these ghosts, in your opinion? I know we, we can't know for certain, but uh, what what do you think that that they are that we're dealing with? I, I mean, personally, I think it, it varies. I mean, I, like I said, I'm a very Christian person, so I, I do believe that there are demons out there, but I think they're so incredibly rare that uh, it's less than 1%, probably a, like a hundredth of a percent of what are actually people are experiences as hauntings. So all the people that are running around saying that even if something's just the slightest bit negative, that it's a demon, I don't believe that at all. Okay. Um, I think it's people who have, have died and for whatever reason, haven't been able to move on to, to their next plane. Um, and I think there are different forms of that. I think that a lot of people think there are very specific types of hauntings, like they think that um, a shadow person is a different type of haunting, or an orb is a different type of haunting, or uh, an apparition is a different type of haunting. I personally think it's just different levels. I think it, it takes a lot of energy to kind of uh, show yourself in whatever form it is. So I think it may just be that they don't have the, the energy or the ability to show themselves as a full-bodied apparition but they're trying to communicate or interact however they can so they display themselves or interact however they can so yeah i definitely think it's um and then there i do believe that there are residual hauntings as well where energy gets imprinted in a location over time um and it all just comes back to energy for me the energy is here right now with us and every room that you walk into you change the temperature of the room you change the energy of the room everybody has their own energy and so that changes the environment now so why would that be any different um after we pass on yeah that's a great answer <laughs> you know, that really you have a lot of time to think about it <laughs> yeah 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 you've been doing it for like well 15 years i guess yeah, you've had time. Exactly. uh and yeah I, I tend to agree with you about the uh the the darker more negative side yeah i believe demons are real i believe that demons uh probably spend more time focusing on oppressing people and trying to you know change the real world more than they do hanging out in the basement of some abandoned yeah. house right <laughs> i agree but at the same time though you're in the sally house and you get these three scratch marks down your arm uh and everybody that's into this knows or believe we're we all generally tend to believe that you know the number three is like a, a mockery of the Holy Trinity, right? So, right. This, so it's the three the three scratch marks would tend to make you lean towards the demonic, um, at least for the layperson. I don't know how you feel about it. You think it was just a? a I yeah, like I said, I I would be very hesitant to call it that. I mean, just think about it. If you were in a place and you didn't want somebody to be there and you wanted them to go, what's the fastest way to try to get somebody out to make them think it's, it's demonic or evil. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you were just a, an angry person in life and then you're this angry spirit and you're trying to, to mess with people and that's all you have to do for the rest of however long, I mean, that may just be something that you do. So I, it would take a, a lot. And that's the only place that I've ever even kind of considered that that was a possibility but again, I don't think that's the case. I think it's just uh, something that's a little darker, a little bit more negative in uh, that regard. But I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say the uh, the demonic word there. Okay, that that works for me. And I heard you went through a long list of equipment, <laughs> a, a lot of stuff. And one thing stuck in my mind uh, that I didn't hear is I didn't hear you mention anything about a Ouija board um is there a reason that you don't use a ouija board 
We have multiple Ouija boards. I Do you? Oh, wow. off, the, off the dome, yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we don't use them all the time. It's very specific to the location. Some locations are very, very hesitant to have something like that used there. Other locations are super open to it. And it just depends on what we're doing. We featured it a little bit, um, or we haven't featured it yet on the, the web series. We've used it some on our investigations. Uh, but we will eventually feature it on the web series. Uh, I haven't honestly had a ton of, of great evidence from the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll only use it with people that I absolutely trust 100%. Uh, like I said, like my girlfriend, Vanessa, in the group, or our uh, equipment tech, Scott, who's in the group, somebody like that, that I for sure trust um, to know that they're not messing with me or trying to, to skew things. Um, I grew up, grew up hearing never, ever, ever touch a Ouija board in your entire life. And I, I understand that. I've heard some horror stories from other people. Mm-hmm. I've used it on many occasions and never had anything bad happen to me. Good I think it's just like anything else. If you're putting yourself out there and you're opening yourself up to interaction, it doesn't matter whether you're using a voice recorder or a, a Ouija board. If you're opening yourself up to it, um, something can happen. So you just got to take the proper precautions uh, to make sure that you're, uh, going to be as safe as possible. Yeah. You bring up a good point there. It's, it wouldn't be any different than using a voice recorder and just speaking out loud, right? It's, it's all about the intent. Right. And, and like I said, opening yourself up to it, welcoming whatever's on the other side of this stuff to, to approach you. Okay. I was just curious because, uh, just the word Ouija board gives me creeps. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm fascinated by this stuff, but I don't want to experience anything else paranormal. You know, like I'm good. I'm good on that. <laughs> uh, I like to watch the videos. Uh, I just don't need to, I don't need any personal experiences with Honestly, I there, get my hands on. There are so many people out there like you that absolutely love it and are fascinated by it, but don't want to do it themselves. And they kind of live vicariously through us. And that's one of the the main things that we wanted to do with Forgotten Relics was to give you like a a real look at what investigating is like. So not to bash any of the TV shows, because I still watch Ghost Adventures and the new Ghost Hunters and Destination Fear and all these other shows. But they spend so much time in side stories or history to where you spend half hour, 45 minutes of build up, and then you get 10 minutes of investigating and then the episode ends. So that was our thing that we wanted to honor these locations and give you the history. But at the same time, we want to show you more like the down and dirty of investigating. So people who don't want to go out and or don't want to physically experience it, but they want to experience it through the computer screen or the TV screen or whatever it is, they can see what it's actually like out there. So that was one of our big goals with Forgotten Relics was to give like a real look at at what investigation is really like. I love that. That, that's fantastic. And how long have you been uh, working on Forgotten Relics? Uh, it's coming up on a uh, little over two years now since we released the first episode. Um, it's something that I've wanted to do for many, many years. Uh, I just didn't have the time and didn't have the, the right people around me, the right equipment, all that stuff. So it finally came together a couple of years ago um and like i said i'm super proud of what we have so far but i can't wait for everybody to see all the other stuff that we have coming down the pipeline (laughs) nice nice well i only have uh a couple more questions and you know i I know we we're doing this on a sunday morning we all have things to do today (laughs) uh one i noticed on your uh your facebook page you said you no longer do residential cases um do you get a lot of requests for that? Uh, we do, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when we first started out, that's, and I think most groups were this way, that's one of the places that you can get into for free. So yeah, yeah. that's one of the places you kind of uh, cut your teeth is, is through residentials. And I understand people doing that. But over the years, I've learned that that more often than not causes more problems than it actually solves. And it also opens you up to an incredible amount of liability. So we've had some bad experiences with homeowners that we would go to investigate and they would leave like a wad of cash lying on the table and we have to make them physically take it so we don't get accused of stealing money. 
or somebody will give us a key and they'll be like, okay, you have the key and then they won't come and get it for a week. So what happens in that week if somebody breaks in? Of course, you're going to get blamed because you have the other key. So stuff like that over the years has really soured me on the idea. But outside of that, with the actual investigation part, 99% of teams are not going to be able to solve whatever you're dealing with. They're one going to be able to document it, maybe if they're if they're good, which there's a lot of teams who may not have the right intentions. They may be going for the wrong reasons. So uh, best case scenario, they document it. Worst case scenario, they stir it up a hornet's nest and make things a lot worse for you. So uh, I always caution people when they reach out for residential investigations, I'll explain kind of my recommendation, which is one, stand up to whatever may be there physically or vocally speak out to any spirits that may be there. Tell them that you acknowledge them, that you hear them, you see them, whatever it is, but you don't want them there. You don't want that interaction. If that doesn't work, have the home blessed or the location blessed by uh, a pastor or a clergy member, priest, whatever uh, affiliation you have, or have it saged or whatever it is, whatever you can kind of cleanse the area. Uh, those are usually my recommendations over having somebody come in and uh, investigate. Yeah. I, again, because of your experience, those are good points. You know, you don't want to be left with a liability. And that would greatly outweigh the the thrill you might get from having <laughs> something happen. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And then not to say that all of our experiences have been bad because they haven't. I'm I'm very grateful that we had those opportunities early on because it did help us grow and learn. But like I said, unless I 100% was knew the person that was asking us to come in and had a very close relationship with them. There's not many instances that would get me out on a, a residential anymore. Good deal. Good deal. I'll take that. Um, all right. One more question. It's kind of open-ended. And then, uh, then I think that's, that's all I got, unless you want to go into some more stuff. Uh, okay. 15 years of experience, official, like with the team. You've been all around the country. What are some of the the biggest moments like what what's some of the biggest standout stories that you had i oh, mean we'll be here for another two hours <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding uh so the the first experience i always tell people the first experience i had um so when we first got in i mentioned we did some smaller locations in and around mon and preston county the first place we ever went and i'm so grateful uh, to the owner of this location. He, he gave us our start and I could never repay him enough. Uh, it's an old two-story farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. So when we're talking Preston County, Mon County, the middle of nowhere is legitimately the middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, we reached out to some friends and family. They put us in contact with him. He allowed Rich and I to come out. It was the first actual investigation we ever did. Um, we were all we had basically was a couple of night vision cameras, cheap uh, Sony cameras and we had some voice recorders. We weren't even investigating. We were basically just setting up. There was a door that went upstairs that was around the corner from me. Well, I heard the door unlatch, open and close. So I assume Rich had went upstairs to, to put a voice recorder. So I went to ask him a question to see if I needed to bring anything. So I opened the door and I said up the stairs, I said, hey, Rich, well, that exact moment, he came in the front door on the other side of the building and he said, yeah. And so he said he came around the corner and he said, my face was completely white. I didn't have any color in my face at all, <laughs> uh, which I basically had seen a ghost in my mind. So yeah, uh, that was my first like real experience to where I was like, oh, wow. Like there was no explanation. We tried to debunk it. We tried to open other doors. We tried, and, and the door had opened and closed before he had came in the front door. So it wasn't like a draft thing where you open one door and there was a chain reaction. Right. We tried all to debunk all of that. We can never have it uh, happen. But lucky enough, we did have a voice recorder running in the other room. So you could hit, physically hear the door unlatch and close. Uh, and I still have that back on one of my hard drives from 15 years ago. Uh, and I'll sometimes will go back and listen to that because it's hilarious to hear uh, Rich come through the front door and then you can hear my voice. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's kind of like a, a, 
moment in my mind that always will stand out. So I always like to tell people that story. That's that's a cool story. Um, the the Trans Allegheny one that we talked about that was my first experience at a, a major major location. Um, the TV shows that I, I filmed, uh, the Travel Channel show Paranormal Challenge at Moundsville. I filmed uh, my ghost story on A and E. Uh, I got to fly out to LA for that. That was a really cool experience. Um, I helped film another show called Strange World on the Travel Channel. Yeah. filmed for like three hours with them and then they cut me out of the entire episode so <laughs> that's always fun uh i always tell people i'm a consultant on that <laughs> show because i didn't actually make the the show but uh so being in behind the scenes of like major major tv shows and seeing how that happens was a really cool experience that i've uh been super happy to have i've done a lot of crazy things uh over the years like i said staying at the sally house we had another location uh, in Pennsylvania that's not a major location, but we I lived there in the location for 30 consecutive nights and investigated every single night and live streamed the entire thing for a month. That That's stuck with me to this day. I still have repercussions of that all these years later from that. So I, I like to push my boundaries and then getting the, the Forgotten Relics web series off the ground, that's been a major, major milestone for me. Um, but yeah, just along the way, I've, I've got to meet some uh, amazing people along the way. <clears throat> like I said, Zach was on Paranormal Challenge, so I got to meet Zach Bagans. Billy Tolly was on there. I got to meet Billy Tolly. Uh, <clears throat> Rob Safi was our cameraman. Rob Safi's been on uh, a couple of the other TV shows. He was on Paranormal Lockdown with Nick and Katrina. He's been on The Holzer Files. Um, Dave Schrader from The Holzer Files. I, I still talk to him every once in a while. He's a super nice guy. Uh, and then all the local people that, that I've got to work with over the years. Uh, so, I mean, we have a big network. So uh, it's been a lifelong endeavor, but it's been worth every minute of it. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Sounds like it. Um, I wanted to ask you to, to walk me through a typical, uh, if you could call any of them typical, but uh, the ideal, you know, paranormal investigation, you know, like, like what do you do? What do you get your stuff set up and this and that? But it sounds like you go through all this in the Forgotten Relic series. You know, you're you're showing everybody what the, you know, what it's really like. Like you said, it's like the down and dirty version. Right. So if you don't mind, let's just take a minute for you to tell us more about the Forgotten Relic series. Um, because like I said, I'm subscribed to it. I'm gonna probably watch the first episode or two today because, <laughs> because it's got it's got my interest peaked. But uh, yeah, just tell us more about this, if you don't mind, and uh, then we'll wrap, we'll wrap everything up for the day. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm always down to talk about Forgotten Relics. Like I said, it's, it's a passion project, and uh, I don't want to oversell it, but I also don't want to undersell it because we put a lot of time and effort into it. So I, I really love to, to kind of get it out there. And uh, we're not doing it to, to get famous or anything like that. I mean, I'm not trying to, to get a TV show. We want to give as many people, because like I said, we've talked to so many people like you that, uh, man, I love the paranormal, but I don't want to go out and I don't want to be in the environments, but we live through you guys and we live through your investigations. So uh, between the Forgotten Relics and then our Facebook live stream, we have such a, like a core group of people who we know are going to be there and interact with us that it just, it makes it very worthwhile. So like I said, I'll, I'll always talk about it. Um, we It's changed a lot of how we investigate because we have to spend so much time prepping for the, the filming side of it. Um, we have to get there. So typically for a Forgotten Relics day, uh, we'll get there three to four hours early before the investigation. I have to, to get drone footage, get exterior shots, get exterior video. We have to get what's called B-roll footage, which is basically just uh, filler footage where you walk around the location and get shots of cool stuff and get slow-mo video for transitions and stuff like that. Then we have to prep for any interviews that we do. Um, we usually try to get at least one, usually two interviews at the location. So we have four or five cameras that we set up per interview and then we have lights and all that stuff. So it's, it's a production to get all of that done. And then we have to plan out the investigation. So depending on where we're going, if it's a really big location, we have to figure out how we're going to cover as much ground as we can, how we're going to set up our stationary cameras. We do a lot of uh, 
experiments where we'll take a piece of equipment and we'll set it off by itself and just kind of leave it run throughout the night. So we have to figure out our stationary experiments and we have to figure out what experiments we're going to do, how we're going to film it, um, who we're going to, how we're going to split up the teams or if we're all going to stay together. And uh, then it gets the fun part. Then we get to actually investigate. <laughs> yeah. And at that point, um, basically all we have to do is make sure that we're, we're getting the right camera angles that we need. We're getting the footage that we need. And then uh, we get to do the actual investigation, which is always the best part. Awesome, man. Awesome. And see, I think it's important to talk about all that because someone like me, well, I'll go to YouTube, pop it open and watch the work. And <laughs> You know, I don't know how long an episode may be. It might be 15 minutes or something I'll watch or an hour or something I'll watch. And there are days of preparation for, you know, weeks of preparation for one episode. And you're doing it just to do it. It's not a monetary gain. It's just this entertainment, this education. And it's just, you know, you don't have to be doing this. You're, you're doing it and you're providing this big service. So I, I hope you get all the support in the world, man. I hope it blows up. I, I know you're not in it for the money, but I hope that the money comes to you. You know, why not prosper? And I, I hope that you do. I really do. I, I really appreciate that. Like I said, we've had tons of, of feedback, positive feedback, encouraging feedback, and we're going to keep going and keep pushing forward. So like I said, uh, the stuff that's out now is is awesome, but there's so much more to come that I can't wait for everybody to see. Sweet. Well, I hope everybody checks it out. It's on YouTube, Forgotten Relics, um, the uh, West Virginia Para channel, right? Yeah, youtube.com slash WVPara, uh, or you can just search Forgotten Relics. It'll pop up there. Uh, you can also check us out on Facebook, uh, West Virginia Paranormal Investigations. Uh, we do a lot of investigations. If we're not actually filming for Forgotten Relics, we'll go out and we'll live stream a lot of investigating so people can interact one-on-one immediately with us, which is really cool. So if you like live stream footage, check us out on Facebook. Um, we're on Instagram at WV Para Investigations. We're on TikTok at WV Para Investigations. So we're out there. If you want to interact with us, we're there. You just got to come find us. Awesome. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's been a blast. You're a wealth of knowledge, and I hope to have you back on because we didn't even, we, we barely scratched the surface on places that you've been and things you've done, man. Anytime. You just let me know. I'm here. All right. Sweet, man. Have a good day and uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Yeah. Thank you. You as well. All right. Thanks, brother. Thanks. All right. That's it for this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed listening to the show. If you just have to have more content, you can go to patreon.com slash the bump podcast and subscribe and be a patron. Uh, got more and more content on there every week. So I hope you enjoy that. Uh, to catch up on past episodes, go to the bumppodcast.com, click the episode tab, and it'll take you to any episode you want to listen to. Also, if you want to be on the show, I would love to have you on. Share your story with us. Go to the bumppodcast.com. Click the holler at me button and holler at me. Send me an email, thebumppodcast at gmail.com, and uh, I'll get you on as fast as we can. All right, again, thanks for listening. I love you guys. Until next time, don't stop believing.